Hi, it's Shana here. Before this episode starts, I'm popping in with a quick reminder about our upcoming CEU on Thursday, May 16th on a person-centered approach to behavior management. School taught us a lot about ABA. However, the thing with ABA is that it's a science and it's constantly evolving. So a lot of what we learned back then doesn't always apply now. Today, we want to use a person-centered approach to behavior management, um, but what does that look like and how can our learners still make progress in this kind of approach? So join us live on Thursday, May 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time as Shira discusses how to use a person-centered approach to behavior management with your learners. This CEU is presented by our very own Shira Karpel. You can earn one learning CEU for ACE, QABA, or IBAO. Join us live at this event or to watch the recording asynchronously, go to howtoaba.com forward slash CEU. See you then. Hi, I'm Shira Karpow. And I'm Shana Gaunt, and we're board certified behavior analysts. At How To ABA, we provide practical resources, community, and support to ABA professionals. In each episode of our podcast, we will be having real conversations with real people sharing real stories about ABA. We'll share relevant strategies and actionable tips that will make us all better ABA practitioners. It's the ABA content you need that you're not going to learn in a textbook. A lot of our students struggle with social skills, but how can we teach social skills in a way that's meaningful to our learners, especially the ones that have a lot of expressive language? How can we go beyond basic contingency management to help our learners contact their own values? Okay, so just a little confession to make. We really weren't in the mood to do some podcast recording today. It's hard for us sometimes. You know, you wake up late. We did a CEU presentation last night until 10 p.m. And I didn't sleep very well. I was exhausted and I actually dreamt about giving webinars. So I got to share us today and it was like, well, do we have to do this? Are we, are we recording today? Um, but then we were reminded of our values and we were reminded of why we're doing this in the first place. And yes, we're putting out these podcasts for you. And that's really what our reinforcement is, is disseminating information. So we're really able to do something hard and something hard because it's meaningful and in line with our values. And this is really, um, you know, another level in terms of teaching social skills. We have talked about teaching social skills on, you know, a, a more basic or beginner level in one of our blogs about how to teach those social skills. But I think we all have a lot of those learners who need to go beyond basic contingency management, how it's not enough to just tell them to do or, you know, perform a certain behavior or a certain skill that we call social in order to access some sort of reinforcement. We have learners who even go beyond, you know, basic functions of behavior in terms of why they're engaging in certain social skills or not engaging in certain social skills. So, you know, we've started exploring a little bit more about ACT. Um, ACT is something that stands for Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. It is rooted in something called Relational Frame Theory, RFT, which is something we are familiar with as BCBAs. And what that means is it's about indirect experiences or, you know, sometimes just verbal statements can affect our behavior without, you know, exactly coming in contact with that contingency. What that means in terms of relational frame theory is if I can learn that A equals B and B equals C, then I can derive that relationship that A equals C. Okay. Mark Dixon puts it really well in one of his trainings. Mark Dixon says, listen, who here has heard of a Mexican walking? Oh, he says, actually, he says, who here has heard of an oxalato? And everyone's like, well, what's an oxalato? He says, well, what if I were to tell you that an oxalato is a Mexican walking fish? And then he says, okay, now that I've said 
you know, an oxalato is a Mexican walking fish. What can you derive from that? Where do you think an oxalato lives? Mexico, right? You know, do you think, uh, you know, where do you think it lives in water, on land and sea? You know, does it, do you think it's got some feet? Do you think it's got a tail? And you can derive all of these inferences just based on that one piece of information he's given you. So that's a nice example. I and also you've, that. you've learned that not because you've been to Mexico, not because you've seen the fish, but because you have the language. And so another quote from Mark Dixon is that once people start talking and really talking, we're talking about a little more about abstract language, a little more about verbal thoughts and behavior, then traditional behavior analysis intervention sometimes fail. So, you know, we're talking about in terms of building skills that require abstract thought that they can learn from indirect experiences. So this is, you know, the learner who's kind of gone beyond um, some of the basic contingencies. And so when we use ACT, we are talking about building psychological flexibility for our learners. Um I don't know about you guys, but I have a lot of learners who one of their biggest challenges is that inflexibility. Um, it's a very common uh, symptom of ASD, but even not with ASD. You know, I'm sometimes rigid. We all have a little bit of rigidity. And and ACT talks about just as being a healthy human being, having healthy well-being requires some psychological flexibility. How many of us get you know, so frustrated when our schedules change at the last minute or when things don't go our way and it just becomes frustration. But we can also benefit from a little bit more psychological flexibility. I'm laughing because I'm making an internal note to myself, Shana. Be less rigid when your schedule changes. It's okay. Be flexible. Take a deep breath. You've got this. So so that would be something like, you know, acceptance. Accept it for what it is. The other parts of ACT talk about um, being in the present moment diffusion, self as context, committed action, and values. And those are all six dimensions that contribute to psychological flexibility. We do have a whole nother podcast on ACT and AIM that we're going to link to here. We can get some more information just on topics of ACT. Um, AIM is a really great curriculum that was developed by Mark Dixon and Dana Palalunas, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, which combines mindfulness, ACT, and ABA to teach psychological flexibility within that context of the hexaplex. So it's really great about AIM is it takes everything like in theory, yeah, it's great to have psychological flexibility. These six dimensions are really great, but how do I teach it? And it puts it all into a really nice curriculum. I use this often in classrooms to guide our social skills lessons. We definitely adapt and make changes, but we'll use the AIM curriculum very often in, as a springboard for some of our social skills lessons and some of that language that you can incorporate into the lessons as well. The language referring to acceptance, referring to committed action. Each lesson focuses on a different area of that hexaplex. Sure, you're going to delve into this a little bit more in a webinar that's coming up, right? Yeah, we're going to get really into um, teaching social skills using an ACT-based approach on our webinar on Thursday, November 16th at 12 p.m. for our members. Um, and it's going to be live and recorded, so you can watch it at any time. But I'm really excited about sharing some of the stuff that we've been working on within ACT and AIM um, and some of the other curriculums that we're using because there's such a need for social skills in a values-based way and not just you know, share your toy because you're going to get a token or take a turn because you get, you know, an M&M. Um, they're, they're not getting to all the verbal components of language and why we should do, why we should do hard things really, um, because it's worth it in the long run. 
So 20 years ago, I was teaching a social skills class and I was taught to teach social skills classes with reinforcement. Obviously, you need to start somewhere. And we used to have empty bowls in front of students. And keep in mind, this is 20, even 25 years ago, I'm dating myself a little bit, but we were teaching and, you know, every time a student raised their hand, whatever their pinpoint was, we didn't call it a pinpoint back then, but whatever their target behavior was, whether it was raising their hand, whether it was answering correctly, whether it was making, you know, uh, I don't know, body facing speaker with, um, you know, various conversation skills, whatever it was, when they did that, we would put a piece of popcorn in their bowl. So first of all, reinforcement wasn't differentiated because everyone got popcorn regardless whether they liked it or not. And secondly, it was edibles and they're working for edibles. And then we were able to fade that out and then they got points, but we were never able to fade out those points. We were never able to, you know, fade that to a point where it's like, well, I'm just doing this because I want to do this. I know it might be hard to interact, but I want to do this because my end goal is having a friend. We never got to that point. It was always like, I'm doing this because I'm getting some type of external reinforcement. So, you know, everything to do with ACT and basing things on your values versus, hey, you know, 20 years ago, I'm doing this because why? Why again? Remind me. Um, Yeah, I just I love how far our field has come. And we, you know, used to run similar social skills groups. And it's not a a huge jump from saying, you know, in the groups, we would say, you know, you need to um, talk on topic with your friends, and you need to share the, the item or activity. The small difference is that instead of doing it because I said so, let's talk about why you should do it because what value are you tapping into? So for example, we would get a certain student who came to a bunch of our groups um, and we would run those groups that way. And it you know, wasn't making much progress. And then we took this kind of approach and we would work with him. And we started by identifying his values. And one of his values really was, you know, making friends. And so we took that value and his other value was playing video games. And he really liked playing video games. And so what sometimes happened was he would play video games by himself because that value kind of, you know, won the other value over. It was just more reinforcing um, because making friends was hard right? It was hard for him. So he ended up playing video games alone. And so we would go through um, that one of the act planners that we're going to share with you today, in terms of identifying his value and helping him take committed action towards that value. So talking about, you know, can you commit to certain things in your life and try to help you get to your values? Um, And so we would work on certain actions that he could take to invite friends over with him to play video games together. Um, There's so many options now for playing video games, you know, virtually with, with friends and having those online communities, if that's a value for him. So that was one example. We've also done it with some of our younger students who their value might be something more tangible, you know, like a reinforcer. And that's okay. You know, maybe they do want that prize at the end of the week because that's really valuable for them. And you know what, for some of our younger learners, like that's a value for most kids is the ice cream that they get at the end of the week. And so you can use any of these lessons to create, you know, some sort of um, token economy, but that's based on showing certain behaviors that are in line with Axiflex. So if they're showing things like um, diffusing from their thoughts, accepting present moments, certain like mindfulness activities, then these can contribute to some level of, you know, an economy that they can still work for tangible reinforcers, but it's incorporating pieces of the flexibility as opposed to just do it because I said so, take that turn because I said so, um, but it's building different skills. Um, another curriculum that we've been working on in social skills is called DNAV, 
Um, that stands for discoverer, noticer, advisor, and the V is values. So this also takes the attitude of that all things that all lead us to things we care about, which are our values. So the noticer is the part of us that's aware of our body's feelings and, and our sensory and everything that we're actually experiencing. So with every one of our social skills lessons, we'll always do a noticer activity. And those are different activities in a way that you can incorporate mindfulness, you can incorporate you know, your body in space or feeling certain sensory feelings so that we practice having that perception of what our body and our senses are feeling. Um, the A stands for the advisor, which is that voice in your head that's kind of telling you what to do. Um, so it might be telling you to, um, you know, push the friend beside you or it might be telling you to wiggle in your chair, whatever it's telling you to do. Just be aware that that's an advisor. It's a voice in your head. So this is a little bit of the fusion that we're talking about within the hexaflex. So notice that you don't have to be fused to that. It's just a little voice. And so we'll do lessons about the advisor and, and characterizing it and turning it into someone who we can notice so that we don't have to identify with it. The, the, the D stands for discoverer. And that's the part of you that will try new things, is willing to explore the world and discover the world. Um, and imagine how much more flexible our kids would be if we just discovered more things in our world. So once you can kind of incorporate all those things and do different activities that touch on each one of those pieces, they can all lead us to things that we care about, which are our values. So if you can identify your value and start to work on noticing how your body is feeling, noticing the thoughts that are coming in your head and noticing whether you're willing to try something, then you can work closer and closer to your value. Um, so we'll run groups based on DNAV. There's a fantastic curriculum um, out of the UK. It's called Connect, and we'll often use that. It goes for any ages, um, and it's, it has tons of lesson plans, which are really great. We edit them and individualize them a little bit, but they're really great for running groups. Um, we can link that here in the show notes. And we use this for all ages, and then we'll adapt it, and we'll bring in real-life examples, and we'll model our own flexibility and our own maybe even frustration when things don't go our way, and we'll practice with our kids how you know, we'll almost talk out loud because we're practicing having that advisor voice in our head, but then discovering like, what would happen if I did it anyway? Or what would happen if I did something hard? Would I feel good about that? So these are all different, you know, ways that we have been practicing getting to that higher level thinking within social skills groups and really helping those kids who they do have values. They might not be those tangible reinforcers or the escape maintain behavior that we're used to, but we have to really tap into all those values and figure out how can we help our learners get closer to those values. And I find, especially with social skills, let them tell you what their values are. You know what? It might not be to make friends. It might be to be left alone. It might be to have some time by myself. It might be to play more video games, but we can only help our students get closer to their own values when we know what those are instead of, you know, imposing our own value yeah. system on some of our learners. So join us for our webinar on Thursday, November 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when Shira is going to be discussing more uh, teaching social skills using ACT, which I'm really excited about as well. And if you're listening to this podcast after the fact, uh, the recording will be available in our membership. So, you know, in summary, we talked about the importance of needing a more values-based approach to teaching social skills, how we could do that for some of our learners who have more expressive language, and some of the specific curriculum that we use for our social skills groups. So click the link in and around this video to get your free ACT Committed Actions Planner. Thanks for joining today's conversation. Wherever you get your podcast, please go and subscribe 
rate and review so others can find out about us too. For more from How To ABA, including free resources and ABA materials, visit our blog at howtoaba.com. And make sure that you're following us on social media for more practical tips and updates.